it is your Uncle Gomez, and it is the Danger Gnome Podcast. Today, we have the one and only George Capitz of Broken Spoke uh, Bicycle Studio. Welcome to the show, George. Thank you, Gomez. Happy to be here. You are a veteran of, of, uh, of many of our podcasts. And, you know, George, I, I've known you for a long time, I, but I was surprised I posted this picture of the first Global Fat Bike Day celebration down there at Kettle, and who was in the first row but Yuma, man. That's right. Um, that was a very memorable day. That was um, good fun. That was really good fun. Um, yeah, I'll definitely remember that. That first ride, first Global Fat Bike Day ride forever. That was super cool. And we did a, kind of a 10-year anniversary of it this year. How was, you, how was your Global Fat Bike Day this um, year? Ours was great. Um, we had a good good uh, turning up of people, and it, it was good. I saw yeah. the video. It, yeah. it looked like you had about yeah. 200 yeah. people or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. You, you, have, you have so many people show up that you actually have to do, like, you have to have first and second shift or something because you do That's, two rides right? we do we do a uh, morning sunrise ride and now an afternoon ride um that sunrise ride is becoming very popular um people are just digging that that sun coming up over the lake yeah and it's just especially being on this side of the lake it rises yeah. up over the lake it's got to be gorgeous it is it is um it was a windy day um which i think scared away a lot of people but yeah, it was wicked windy the it was a west wind, so we were completely blocked from the wind, um, and it made it actually, it was, it was quite nice in the woods. Nice. Yeah. And it, you, when I met you, you were, you were running a little shop in uh, Two Rivers, uh, so always very close to the lake, uh, and I grew up 10 miles from the lake in the suburbs of Chicago, but it wasn't for a, for a long time, I never went to the lake, and experienced that little ocean that we live by right and it's really quite something this time of year it can look like the caribbean it's crazy yeah uh how the turquoise water really shows up when when you were growing up did you did you go to the lake is it part of your it definitely was part of uh growing up so i literally grew up on lakeshore boulevard um it was a bluff um on the road we lived on i could literally throw a stone out into the lake. Ah, cool. So, um, yeah, uh, when Fat Bikes first came out, it was definitely on my list. Hey, I want to ride this thing down the beach. It just seemed natural. Yeah. It, I remember that was one of the first things that my buddy Kale went through and I, we were like, oh, we have to go. We have to find a put-in somewhere. And Port Washington was the first place that we started to explore. Back then, we had much wider beaches, much lower lake levels. But yeah. So we're here at the uh, Hilly Haven Golf Club, yeah. and uh, you guys are doing a series of uh, fat bike seminars called a crash course. Tell us about that. I I, I attended tonight's thing, so we can we can talk a bit about that. Yeah, that um, idea came up. Um, I would say I don't know when the idea came up, but we wanted to offer um, courses to beginners that might have race anxiety, um, and prepare them for the series. Um, so we decided, hey, we don't have our first race until January. Why not put on a four-week crash course every Tuesday um, to get these riders ready? Um, and once we kind of put the content out there and explaining what it was, uh, we got a, a really good um, return on it. Like, we have over 30 people signed up. Mm -hmm. um, kind of their abilities ranging from... Very green, first time ever riding a fat bike to maybe this is their first or, or their second or maybe some of them their third season of riding fat bikes, but they wanted to still experience um, some different lessons, maybe that's something they could still learn. Cause and the first part was done outside on the trails, broke up into the three different levels, and it was just good instruction and, and some hard stuff. You know, that climb that you had us go up was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was the first time I went up that climb, too. And as soon as I hit it, I'm like, oh, boy. Like, <laughs> what am I sending these <laughs> very green riders up? Um, but it was very cool. Everybody kind of uh, tackled it, attempted it. If they didn't make it, um, they walked it. But 
Uh, I definitely saw some riders said, no, I want to try it again. And um, we had a few riders that um, didn't make it their first or second try and made it their third try. But progressed. Yeah. That's half the battle is just trying it and being allowed to fail and then getting a few tips and then blammo, sometimes the light comes on. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, so week one uh, was an introduction. We had about an hour of riding, um, and then the last hour we went over apparel, how to dress, the basics of Fat Biking 101. Um, And then this week tonight we did uh, about an hour and a half of riding and then the last half an hour of general maintenance to your fat bike. Right on. And I think that if shops out there, you don't want to hear this, but they should do this. This is such a good idea. Uh, It really does take people and get them. So we don't have the Seinfeld mountain bike hanging on a hook. We have the, you know, the, like our bikes, they get ridden. They get ridden. Uh, And that's, that's a happy bike that gets ridden. Absolutely. So, Um, yeah. And sometimes it just takes classes like this to help progress, um, to prevent those bikes from just hanging up in the garage or hanging up on the wall of a apartment and uh as i as i travel around the state and i meet riders sometimes your name comes up george and i'm always like i hope all good things (laughs) (laughs) no we really think that you're you're like the you're like the king of all of northeastern wisconsin and the and the wisconsin part of the up all the up people just <laughs> just said a bad word about me but you know like this whole region you, you you're the king of of fat biking um and not only do you throw a, a race series and now an ultra race but you seem to race all these races uh we yeah. we just like my friends and i are always just like i don't know how it does it so i mean there's definitely um a lot of behind the scene things that are allowing me to do that um our crew at broken spoke is is incredible um the employees we have um and as far as snow crown goes behind the scenes um sarah um she is amazing like she does all things i cannot do um keeping things organized the bill paying um i just get to go out there and have fun and Kind of that's cool, and some of you guys that, that you've had in the shop have been there for 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 a long time. Have any of them yep. gone all the way back to the barn barn scrounging days, <laughs> or uh, not quite that far? Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we definitely have some veterans at the shop, and um, yeah, it, I, I think um, yeah, it's it's been a fun wild ride, and we just want to keep on pushing it. Yeah, yeah. Well. The Snow Crown Race Series is the next thing on my list of things to talk about. It's four races. Um, well, let's just run them, run through them. Shell Track, which is like one of the oldest races in the state, mm-hmm. and you're you're probably is it your longest running race? It is. It is our longest running race. This is Such year eleven. A cool little venue. It is. Uh, the, I mean that little tucked away shelter down between the primary dune and the secondary dune right next to a little creek that runs out to the lake it's it's the best little spot it is it is and uh i think what i really love about it too is because you never know what you're gonna get um i think i remember the first year we had it we were i was there you were there there was guys (laughs) riding through the creek that yep. year, I mean, it was a it was like a forty degree day that day. My two Bernie's Mountain Dogs came, yep. and we had a derby at the beginning. And my dog ended up taking some people out of the derby, and I ended up winning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's excellent! <laughs> yeah, oh, good stuff. That is, that's, and that's a race course that could be run any conditions i've seen it snowy i've seen it muddy i've seen it really warm because it goes out into the beach it has it it has single track it has topography it has beach uh yeah yeah you nailed it it has a little bit of everything um yeah you gotta have it all to and it's got that good old-fashioned kind of a, a potluck church 
picnic kind of like vibe about it. I don't know. Maybe that's just my old guy talking. But no, you're right. It does. It has definitely like this party vibe to it because everything is condensed in one little area. And yeah, um, yeah. And you can plug in your crock pot right there in that in that shelter and have some (laughs) chili and uh, brats and burgers. And and, oh man, I remember the first year there was like a pallet of of. Absolute ribbon, tall yes. boys. Yes, <laughs> at that race. Oh, so they've been. They were the first beer sponsor we had, and they were great. Yeah, we just got, yeah, pallets of Pabst, and they just all the Pabst swag, um, the Pabst shortcut as yeah, well. Right. Um, we did Didn't think about that without thinking about. It. Shout out to Dave Lunds. Yeah, Dave Lunds. <laughs> you can say it. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> for, for Dave. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if Dave's listening, we'll uh, we'll see him at Shell Track. He, I th- believe, is probably the only rider to have done every Shell Track. Wow! So, yeah, this will there be you the go. Maybe we year. should. Maybe you should come up with some sort of some <laughs> sort of uh, fluorescent lime green trophy. The Dave Lunds. Uh, I like it. A lifetime achievement award or something. <laughs> So the that's that's the shell track and that's uh not too far from Manitowoc. Right in Manitowoc. Okay. Um, and it's on the seventh of January. Yep, on the seventh of January. Um a little plug to Shell Track is the city of Manitowoc. They've been very supportive. They're actually a sponsor uh, oh, cool. because they give us the venue uh for free. Oh nice. Yeah, they don't charge us. Um initially they did. Um, but yeah, they they see the benefit of um, bringing people from outside of the community in and being oh, able man. to see the town. And they're like, "Hey, let us help you." I'm having um, I'm having like flashbacks to. <laughs> I remember going to a bar called Capone's and kind of celebrating to the point where I think I forgot to pay for my for my after race dinner and I just trape stuff. I was like, oh my God, I have to go feed my dogs. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. So, and race number two called Fatty Shack and that's held held right here. Yeah, right, right here at Hilly Haven. Um, cool. We're just 20 minutes uh, south of Green Bay um, and just south of De Pere. Sweet. And I rode some of the trails here. There's topography here. Yep. Uh, and when you lay snow down, it's got to be great out here. Yeah, it is beautiful. So um, Charlie, one of the owners, um, does an amazing job grooming out here. Um, our last race out here last year, um, we got a lot of messages during the week. Hey, um, is there going to be a race? Uh, what's the plan for rescheduling? Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, hey, nope. Charlie said there's going to be a race. There's going to be snow. And I was even very skeptical. Mm-hmm. Like, Charlie, where, where are you going to get this snow? Well, he did it. He was able to scrape snow from all the different parts of the trail, and I don't know where he got it from, but we rode on snow that day, and it was incredible. Ah, cool. So, And you it, said there was an old ski hill on this property, right? Yeah, correct. Uh, they used to have a little ski lift here, and um, I'm not sure how long ago that was, but, yeah, at one point they had a ski lift out here. Nice. Yeah. And then Fat Camp at uh, the uh, Reforestation Camp up there in Suamico. Yep. Um, so that's a very, um, has become like an instant classic. Uh, we changed the venue to nighttime because mm-hmm. um, we are riding on ski trail. In the past, it's always been a conflict with skiers. They'd come out during the race and not be the happiest, like, hey, why are you guys riding on our trails? We're like, hey, we got a race going on here. Um, you know, it's okay. <laughs> But right, so sure. to um, to kind of alleviate that, we um, turn it into a night race and race under the ski lights. It's about a three-mile loop. Cool. Um, and and we, that always kind of turns into like a roadie sprint kind of race, right? Because of the it, super flat skate uh, yeah, grooming. Skate and yeah, it becomes a very, very fast race. Um, in our elite group last year, we averaged 18 miles oh. an hour. <laughs> and there was a group of 10 of us that... Um, that went out and we all stuck together. It was a ten man sprint at the end. Oh man! Yep, it was it was it was exciting. We got some GoPro footage of it. Uh, there was a tie up at the end, I believe, with Matt Acker and Dustin Bochamp. Those two went down. It was just kind of like carnage. Um, I think he got concussed pretty bad. Oh man! Um, and um, yeah, there was it was it was exciting. Um, 
But, yeah, that's just a fun, as we call a roadie race. Yeah, yeah. So, and then the fourth race is the U.S. Fat Bike Open. Yeah. Open, the Open Challenge. Do you have any, like, do you send out any uh, any special special invitations to Hot Shots like Matt Acker, Matt Acker and his beard, or? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we've been sending Leia out. Leia Schneeberger. Yeah, we, uh, we should see some heavy hitters this year. Um, sent out a couple uh, messages out to there to, like, Corey Stelgis and Jordan Wakeley. Um, oh, cool. Some heavy hitters in the Midwest, yeah. and even um, we might even see a surprise um, racer that's from out of the area. That's a pretty big name. Uh, I can't tell you who it is yet, but yeah, all we right. Should see Greg Lamont. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just took a yeah. shot. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Here, here's the now. Here's I told you I was going to have questions to trip you up. So here's here's one. I'm like warning you. So. I see that you went down to the huge ass race there in the uh, in the suburbs of of Milwaukee a couple weeks ago. So were you down there like spying on that race series? Are you gonna are you gonna have hammer schlagging in one of your races now? <laughs> what you what you see? What do you think of the huge ass uh, carnival? Um, I think the huge ass is an excellent series. Um, they they know how to make it fun. Um, it, there's definitely uh, community involvement in that. Super cool race vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. But, yeah. I, you know, I I was skeptical because they came in after I I was running races and they started their race series and it only took one visit to very early uh, one of their races and I was like, oh man, they they got it going on. Yeah, they really got it right. On yeah. the first try. Yeah. As do, you know, of course you do because you're the king of fat biking and <laughs> all of well, whatever we would call this area. Yeah. The greater Green Bay greater metropolis. Green Bay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Manistee and, and Ishpeming and that whole area. You know, the gateway to the UP, I suppose. Yeah. Almost I, the UP, but really the UP. Yeah. I like Green Bay because I feel like it's a hub. Of the Midwest. I mean, literally it is. Like, we have Minnesota, Michigan, the UP, and Illinois below us. So we should have the Fat Bike, uh, like, International Expo in Green Bay? Well, I have been calling Fat Bike, uh, or Green Bay, the Fat Bike Capital of the World. Oh, nice. Self-proclaimed Fat Bike Capital of the World. (laughs) All the Alaskans that listen just (laughs) said really bad words. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, you have something new coming up. Well, it, you did it last year. Yes. Like, as kind of like a, the, the fur for the first time, but it's the Green Bay Ultra 100, which is kind of a cool thing because when I talked to you about it, I didn't really realize this, but you had said, oh, it takes in all of the single track areas and all of the routes between all of those single track areas. So, tell, us, tell us about that event. Yeah. So, I mean, Within Green Bay, we're in a city, correct? We don't have the um, endless miles of trails, um, but what we do have are little pockets of trails. So um, in total, um, we have six fat bike trail systems Mm -hmm. uh, within the Green Bay area, and I kind of thought to myself, how cool would it be to be able to tie in all the fat bike trails and ride every trail system at least one lap and ride to each one? Um, so yeah, last year I set out, um, as like, uh, Hey, this is kind of, this is a ride for me. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about anybody. This, I'm just going to go out this, do this solo. So Sarah dropped me off at the reforestation camp. Um, did one loop there, um, road, uh, a road section to the next venue called Hanisra park, mm-hmm. did a lap there, um, did another, Road section um, between there and Baird Creek. I stopped at a quick trip. Nice. <laughs> Refueled and some fried and, chicken. Yeah. I forgot what I had. I had something ridiculous, something <laughs> with a lot of salt. But nice. believe it or not, like I started cramping really early into that ride. And I'm like, I'm not even at the third venue and my leg is cramping. And I'm like, I need to get in the gas station, get some food. Um, I think I had like a muscle milk and some like corn nuts or something. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> um, so from there, I went to Baird Creek. So Baird Creek is a nice little hidden gem of Green Bay. Um, 
It's that's, that's been around for for way back in the day. Yeah, probably uh, since and the eighties. Was um, pre-legitimate or pre-legal, and then and then became legal. Yeah, uh, sometime. Yeah. So a nice hidden gem, very um, old school XC, hard going, um, off camber stuff, Rudy, um, a thousand feet of elevation, and about a ten mile loop. Nice. Um, all within the city of Green Bay. It's it's super cool. Um, like I said, a nice hidden gem. So, um, you know, a lot of a lot of riders have a hard time just making one loop there. So, like, just doing that loop within the hundred mile ultra is definitely challenging. Nice. Um, from there, we I went to actually. That was my goal was to get to the country club. I made a pit stop at Culver's. <laughs> it's the beautiful nice. thing apart uh, about this Green Bay Ultra. It's not your typical ultra. Um, I talked to Jill Martindale a little bit about like her ultra experiences and versus she was picking my brain because it sounds like she wants to come out and try this. I'm like, this isn't your typical ultra. <laughs> like you don't have to load up your bags and get in a bivy and having all these different supplies. Like you know, if you get into some trouble, you can kind of just bail. So this might be a good opportunity for people to do this as a beginner ultra, mm-hmm. um, maybe test out some stuff. And if you get into trouble, you can, you can just bail pretty much anywhere. You're or you city. could stop at a Holiday Inn Express. There's probably a Holiday Inn Express <laughs> or, or some sort of motel. Yeah, <laughs> For absolutely. guys like me, that would be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need yeah. a little shut-eye yeah. <laughs> before I finish. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, um, stopped at Culver's, got some food. Um, that, my next stop was the Green Bay Country Club. Um, which is a private course, um, but if you sign up for the Ultra, um, you will be allowed to go ride the Ultra, or I'm sorry, go ride the trail mm-hmm. the day you're doing it. And that's um, where U.S. Fat Bike Open is, right? U.S. Fat Bike gotcha. Open is. So that also, also is a cool little trail, about a three-mile trail system um, that has a lot of topography as well. Um, from there, we go south to Ledgeview Golf Course, um, kind of just a nice little... Um, Basic open golf course, nothing too exciting, but um, just some miles and break up the um, road miling with some more trail. And from there, we go to Hilly Haven and we we end here. Ah, cool. And it's kind of it, it's it's semi virtual format. Correct. There's a date range between January seventh and February nineteenth. That's correct. And the, all the details are on the website, so yep. you can authenticate your. Uh, your route using Strava or some other type of GPS type of dealy bob. Correct. Yes. Um, no pictures years. of you in, in like having the double butter burger at Culver's. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that would be a good one. I um, love the, I love a good butter burger. So nice. That's uh, that's all we have to talk about with you, George. That's awesome. all the stuff that you got going on. Yeah, it's going to be a busy winter. Yeah, and it, it seems like the switches, the snow switch is being turned in Fingers like crossed. the next 48 hours or something. Yeah. By the time you listen to this, there will be snow on your car. Go and scrape it and then go ride. Excellent. All right, well, thanks for being on the show, George. Thank Always you, Always great, great talking with you. Yeah. And good job on, on the seminar tonight. Yeah, that was... I, it's, it's I, saw, I saw people... I saw Light bulbs going on, and uh, and people being treated nicely, and that's always good. Yeah, excellent. We love it. Um, you know, and I truly believe there's so much more opportunity to get more people riding bikes. And people always ask, like, you know, hey, when do you think you're gonna see the tipping point or the end of selling fat bikes? I'm like, never. Like, just think Dude, how many people I, are out there. If I, <laughs> your new bike photo uh, or new bike day stream on social media is ridiculous i mean i think you might be like the king of bear grease <laughs> i see more bear greases coming out of that shop now yeah. are, you, are you moving the shop that's on the river walk no we're staying there um we just signed another five-year lease where we are moving is our manitowoc shop so oh, gotcha. we're in a nice or we're in a small little shop in manitowoc uh we reopened back up there during the pandemic mm-hmm. um to try it out um it went well and we moved into a bigger location um right in the heart of downtown manitowoc cool. um it's actually going to be our largest shop of all three about 3500 square feet wow yeah 
Is it going to be the flagship store? Hard to beat that the, no. the Riverwalk store, man. That that store is just sexy. Yeah, our yeah. our flag store, our flagship store will be um, downtown for sure. Yeah. Cool. Have you ever ridden Calumet County Park? I yeah. drove up that way on the way here, and I was like, "Man, I remember back in the day there was there was a wars race. race there." Yep. Uh, and just recently, I heard trails more expansion of trails. That's not yep. that far from here. No, not at all. So there is um, uh, the Newt Group, Northeastern Wisconsin Trails, um, out of the Appleton area, and they take care of that trail system. They groom it. There's mountain bike trails in the summer. I think they're trying to get their selves into um, High Cliff, which is just north of Calumet Park. Gotcha. Yeah. And have you heard anything about bike across Bago this year? I've not heard anything about that. Me neither. No. I, I I tried to find information. Yeah. Hey, you bike across Bago people that are running that. Drop me an email or something. Send up smoke signals. <laughs> people like to ride across that giant yeah. sea. <laughs> I've never done it. Never done it? No. There's uh, it, It's kind of wild because... Out in the middle of that 10-mile crossing, mm-hmm. there will be like, it's like a boom town of homemade apple pie shot saloons. Really? <laughs> like, people pull out the whole thing, and they're like out there selling apple pie shots, dude. Wow. It's like international waters. That sounds amazing. Anything goes. <laughs> so, yeah, cool. bring, bring that ride back, because that's a good time. Another Dave Luns. I can't think about that ride without thinking about Dave Luns too. Oh, yeah. double Dave Luns shout out. Oh. It's crazy. We might yeah. we might be crashing and burning, George. Yeah, he better say I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, up next we have the actual. I think it's Hugh Jass is going to be on the show. Ooh, so nice. That's coming up next. Hi, I'm Rob with Bird. Bird has once again partnered with our friends at Onyx Racing Products and Head Cycling to deliver the Made in Minnesota wheel set, manufactured entirely here in Minnesota. With custom hook flange Vesper fat hubs that weigh 235 grams less than the standard Onyx fat hubs, head big deal or big half deal rims, and Blackbird spokes, these are some of the highest performance fat wheels ever created. The Made in Minnesota wheel set is a rolling work of art and is now available for a limited time at birdspokes.com along with the full lineup of road, gravel, mountain bike, custom, and wheel rebuild services. Hey, please welcome to the show, international superstar, Mr. Hugh Jass. Hey, everybody. How are you doing today? Hugh, so uh, you're fresh out of the sequel to your debut action thriller. Uh, it, it comes out on Saturday, this this sequel, and it's in uh, Waterloo, Wisconsin. What can you yes. tell us about, uh, about y- your potential Waterloo? Oh, man, Waterloo is amazing because at that truck's headquarters, we are on the XC Cup World uh, Cyclocross course that they have there. It's amazing. They do a great job for us setting up the course, and uh, they set us up on their flyovers, which are just amazing. Um, So good times. There's usually a huge party in the parking lot. What, What would you expect less from us? Well, and, uh, <laughs> I know there's a secret bar out there. Well, you know, it was secret. I don't know how secret it is anymore. <laughs> Once I know, then they'll probably they'll probably be digging the secret bar bunker or something out there. Yeah, they, they're pretty creative. But, yeah, the secret bar is no longer a secret. We made sure of that. and uh, So come out, join us at the bar. I don't know if it's the secret bar anymore. We'll just call it the bar. Um, that's usually where we have our our shortcut. So we always have that beer shortcut. It's a great time. Uh, yeah, meet us out there. And right on schedule, you uh, you you nailed the weather. Well, I hear gnomes have a lot to do with the weather. <laughs> that's what I hear. <laughs> I like to spread that rumor about gnomes controlling the weather. The good thing about yeah, gnomes I, is you can just pay them off in gnome dollars, which is basically just worthless. Make it well, under- unless you're a gnome. Exactly. You know, they yeah. they have their whole economy based on God knows what, roots and berries probably. Yeah, well, our economy is based on beer, so we're right there with you, my friend. <laughs> beer and sausage. That's right. <laughs> so you're going to have the DJ out there. You're going to have Hammerschlagen. I have uh, 
have you started selling special Hammerschlag and uh, hammers at the shops? You know, I don't know if we have many in stock, but it's been uh, it's been on the docket for quite some time. So, well, that's my first question to uh, to our guest, Jason Kleptowski. He's uh, he's going to be on the show. He won the uh, the first race there at the yeah. Kegel Trails, and uh, so that's my first question: is you know, do you go titanium on the hammer, or uh, what kind of grip? What kind of grips are you using? Uh, yeah, I mean it's everybody's got their own design, you know, for the best, the best whack. But, um, you know, mine's just the biggest hammer I can find. It's usually some sort of a sledge of some kind. But. I hammered the full size of the round of the, the stump with a hydraulic press would be the way to go. <laughs> just bam. Just press it. Yeah, one, one hit. It's a good way to lose a finger, though. <laughs> so safety, safety first. Or is I, I would do you have any uh, do you have any tips on on safety, Hugh? Um, be careful. <laughs> Good one. So are you up in the? In, are you up in your private jet, flying flying in for the for the event, or, or where where yeah, have you I'm, caught you? Well, I'm local. I'm I'm uh, not far away from Waterloo, and I'm in my. Oh, it's it's kind of like. Uh, a basement studio right now. It's I'm um, hiding out uh, in the the fresh snow that we just got in time for the event. Um, getting ready for the cold weather. It's going to be quite a good time out there. Yeah. Now my my uh, my bike riding pals, my little text group, uh, they've been going back and forth about what kind of tires they think they might want to use. Uh, so, you know, the, the studs or no studs, you, what do you think? Well, I mean, if, if they always do a good job grooming. So if we continue with the cold weather and maybe this high humidity, there might be some need for studs. Um, you know, if we get more powdery stuff, maybe not, maybe, you know, just wide. Yeah. We have so. wet and then powder and then solid freezing. Yeah, with I no, don't know what we're going to get. With no sunshine for meltback, so it could be, I think, I say go big and toothy. I'm yeah. saying Johnny Fives. Or, yeah, I would, you know, I would something, agree. Something big. Yeah, I would agree. I think I think if we get any more snow, that's just going to add to it. I don't think we're going to get too icy. And they do such a good job grooming out there. I think we're going we're gonna to have a good time. All right. That's at Trek World Headquarters on Saturday yeah. morning, bright and squirrely. That's right. Don't and, be late. <laughs> I appreciate you taking the uh, time to give us the uh, the lowdown on your uh, new show there, the uh, Huge Ass Number 2. Yes. Trek Headquarters, December 17th. Be there. Indeed. And then after that, what's what's the what's the flow of the of the additional races i should yeah, know so this that, yeah after we leave truck headquarters we're going to saunter over to um, manuka park january 7th oh i love that, and that place. yeah that one's one of my favorites because that's there's a lot of uh the hugh homeboys who have a lot of lot of uh work put into those trails so yeah, all my roster yeah. 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 Ron Stewart used to his hands on that trail system. And, uh, you know, among others, I mean, there's sure. such an yeah. awesome group from Metro out there just doing their thing. So that place is amazing. Can't wait to ride there. Then we go to Salt Lake Park um, on the 4th. And then we go back to Blackhawk. That's our final race. Uh, and that's uh, February 25th. Blackhawk's a good time, too, but, you know, I'm sentimental, so I really like that uh, Manuka Park. That's the place, man. Yeah, you know, Silver Lake, I had, uh, I, I used to live down there, so that used to be my home trail, so I love going there. And, yeah, that's uh, a good time. Too. And Middleton, man, the, the the trails, those big, burmy curves there, uh, good stuff. <laughs> yeah, the, the climbing there is what hurts me, but, you know, any kind of... There's a yeah, there's there's <laughs> it's a, hard time going with those things. It's the most gentle little switchbacky climb till it isn't. 
<laughs> that last part is kind of hard, but yeah. you know, until then, it's all like, oh, this is this is all right. Yeah, it's a good time until you got to go back up. <laughs> Thanks again, Hugh. That's Hugh Jess, ladies and gentlemen, international superstar of fat biking. All right, is the Danger Gnome podcast, and we have Jason Kleptowski on the show. Welcome to the show, Jason. Thank you, thank you. Well, the reason we have Jason on is he won the first huge ass men's elite division down there at the Kegel Alpha Trails a couple of weeks ago. So I wanted to. Uh, I have a, like a burning question, a hammer hammerschlag and tech question. Uh, <laughs> do you have a special like a titanium hammer for hammerschlagen? No, they, they supply them, so I, I usually just pull up to uh, what's the easiest. And uh, all right, yeah, no, no practice on that end. I just <laughs> try to get it done and get out of there. <laughs> nice. So, I guess what I'd like you to do is just kind of share your race story. From oh, I know one thing that I wanted to ask yeah. you is I noticed from your Facebook profile is that you're a motocrosser is that how you come into the whole fat bike racing thing yeah so that's that's really i guess what started me into uh, into mountain bike racing was yeah i raced motocross since uh, i probably was like 14 or 15 and i did that for many many years and you know once i slowed down on doing that that pretty much i used to ride mountain bikes just for training for that so it was a natural progression to uh to pick up that racing once i stopped uh racing the dirt bikes oh cool so so uh walk us through race number one at huge s kegel alpha yeah so i guess for starters it was uh i wasn't expecting it to be snowy so there was a you know i'm from illinois we had no snow on the ground here which we have not any had any yet but it was a surprise to get up there and see that they had snow. Right. And, uh, so that was yeah, the first surprise, but then, uh, the trails ended up being actually icy. So snow and ice, I was lucky enough to have a second wheel set with me that had studs. So that was a, that was a huge factor in the race right there. Cause I knew a couple of people that didn't and yeah, it was, it was a struggle. For sure. Nice. What studs so, are you running? So, so I have the uh, Terrain Cake Eaters, and they have uh, actually the tires that I had were kind of like a lower profile, uh, I guess faster rolling stud. They have another stud also, like triple traction, they call it, which is just a, a little bit uh, a little bit taller, mm-hmm. which helps. You know, if I knew it was going to be full ice, I would I would run that. But uh, it was it was better to have what I had than have none. So, so yeah, like I said, I was lucky to to be able to swap wheels after I I went and rode a little part of the course, and then right back to the van and yeah, swap the wheels out, and uh, yeah, that was beneficial. Yeah, nice. So, how many laps did the men's elite do? Uh, I want to say. Good question. <laughs> I think we, I want to say we probably did four or five laps. Gotcha. Because normally they, yeah. try, they try and time it out to be hour and a half or so of racing for the elites or over an hour. Yeah. Yeah, which it, which it came out to right around there, I believe. But maybe, yeah, I, I should have looked at, uh, <laughs> should have looked at some data before I came on. But, uh, oh, that's all right. Uh, yeah, it was a, uh, <clears throat> Yeah, it was, it was right around there. So, do you know any of the other uh, contenders? Do you know who was in the elite group? Or uh... yeah, so actually, it was there was there was a huge turnout for the first round, which was nice to see. And yeah, there was a lot of a uh, lot of fast a lot of fast riders too. Uh, I know. So the guy that was that was leading Patrick. Out. I've raced him a few times before. I know he's a strong rider, and uh, I, I noticed some other guys in the field uh, 
Carlos Heckel. He's always strong. Oh, yeah, I know uh, Carlos. Yeah, and then uh, I've seen Rory Jack, who is a really good rider. He's uh, he's uh, super good at cyclocross. Like, so I, and uh, I also had a teammate, Dan Flores, who was there, who was strong rider too so I, I knew it was going to be tough competition and I guess I was glad to see that there was a snow and usually the more technical it is the little bit more of advantage I have if I'm lacking any fitness so, so that, that was a, a little bit of the case but they took off on the start it, it was a pretty fast start and with it being icy it kind of was trying to take it easy a little bit just to feel it out and it's kind of first time on snow this year, so it's always a little bit getting used to it. Sure. But uh, so I was, I think, around third place for the probably the first half a lap, and there was some guys going pretty good. That Pat Dowd was was leading, and he had a uh, he had some good studs. You could tell he was a uh, the ice was not phasing him. Yeah. But uh, so whoever was in second, uh, I'm not sure who it was at the time, but. There's Adam Rachel or, or Ron Stowicki, Carlos Haeckel. Those are, I'm just reading off that. Right. I pulled up the data. So. Oh, the results. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm not sure which one of them was, uh, if, it, if it even was one of them that was in second. But he was running pretty good. But I could tell he didn't have any studs, and it was a matter of time. <laughs> and he, uh, yeah, so he crashed in the corner, so it kind of gave me a second place. And... We uh, we probably stayed like that for a while. I had to kind of reel back in Patrick, who had got a lead, out pretty good in the in the beginning. So I caught him, and then was uh, kind of riding behind him for a while. We started uh, we started getting to some lappers because it was you know technical. So I'm sure with so many people, and you know with it being icy, if you didn't have studs, there were some people struggling, but. Yeah, so we got into some lappers and probably just past halfway, uh, I, I took the lead and I was trying to trying to get a gap, maybe trying to use lappers to my advantage if I could, but it seemed like every time I would attack, we'd run into a pack of people that I couldn't get through too fast. So put a good effort in and then you know, closed the gap back down. And for a while there, my teammate Dan was in third he was running really good and had had no studs, so that was a that, that was pretty cool. But I think it probably got the best of him eventually. Is that and uh, Dan Flores? Yeah, that was Dan Flores. Gotcha. So he's he's from Indiana here, and him and a couple other guys from our bikes made it up to the race, which which is cool. But uh, yeah, so he went up. Looks like he fell back a little bit. I've seen the results too. I think he got six. But, yep, you got six. Yeah, so like I said, it was kind of a huge difference if you were you had studs who didn't at, at that course. So, well, cool. And uh, in the end, were you close to Patrick when you uh, when you yeah, so, crossed the line, or because it so doesn't have time gaps, right? Yeah, not too much uh, timing wise, but uh. Yeah, so I think coming into the last lap, I was able to I was able to uh, pull a little bit of a gap, and then I really put an effort in to just get by some lappers and try to uh, try to get the gap to stick. And yeah, I was I was able to to pull away and kind of come in comfortably, but he was he was less than a minute. So I mean, he was definitely still right there. It was it was a close race to the end. I remember you know still being nervous that that I might run into a, a few lappers and you know it getting get close right cool and come down, again come down to a <laughs> sprint or something like that at the end right yeah yeah so I always try to avoid that I mean I know that's always it's always fun but yeah in the end you want to you know you're already an hour and a half in you don't want to have to put in a Plus, you want to you want to do your your uh, crossing the finish line, you know, kiss the kiss, kiss the crucifix, cross yourself, peace <laughs> sign, yeah, you know, it's hands so, up, peace, a sign. wheelie or something. <laughs> <in there. laughs> yeah, but 
that's cool. Congrats on the on the win, man. That's that's. Yeah. I'm looking at the field here. I see a bunch of fast people that uh, that uh, were in your rearview mirror there. So, right. what's uh, what's what's your what's your plan for tomorrow at uh, at Waterloo? Have you raced there before? Uh, you want you want me yeah. to give you the the full snow report because I I'm, I'm ten <laughs> miles from there right now. Oh really? Yeah, that that would be beneficial because I'm about to go swap some tires around. <laughs> yeah, four inch four inches of wet snowman making snow, really packable wet, heavy snow right now, and we're gonna probably get two more inches of lighter snow on top of that, and then it's gonna freeze overnight oh, wow. and be high of twenties and overcast. So you're gonna have. And it all depends on how those two layers of snow, whether they laminate together, right? Right. But I imagine they're going to groom tonight sometime so that that packable snow is going to pack down really good. Yeah. And you might have some fluffy stuff on top of that, right? From whatever falls between now and Saturday morning. Yeah, that's uh, that's exciting to hear. Uh, I look forward to racing on the snow there. Uh, I've raced there a few other times. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty fun. They use the cycle cross course at the Trek headquarters, and uh, yeah, so it's got the flyover, and uh, it's got some big flyover yeah. stuff. Yeah, sometimes they throw a, a cycle cross barrier in there, which I'm not a fan of. <laughs> <laughs> I had it. Yeah, I had an incident one year. I was bunny hopping that on the fat bike and went over to bars. So, oh, I see it happen. I see it happen in in yeah. so many races. Even guys that that dismount and you know mistime it or whatever and crack the rear wheel into it, and the bike goes right. flying. It's it's cottage, but you know that's 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 racing, I guess. Right. So, yeah, that, uh, what what tires are you thinking of running now that you know the conditions? Yeah. So. I have, uh, I guess I have the option of, yeah, either the, the cake eater, the terrain cake eater 4.0, which I have lightly studded on some narrower rims. Mm-hmm. So I think they're probably 50 or 60 mil. Ooh, yeah. Or I have, uh, or I have the 4.5 and those I have on like more of the stock wheels, which are big 80 millimeter wide. So if it's soft and fluffy, I would definitely go with the wider tires. And those actually have, I got the bigger studs on those. Or I'd prefer to run the smaller tires just because it's lighter and faster. Yeah. But, yeah, I guess. Uh, but you need pretty firm to conditions that. to run that narrower profile. How much do you weigh? Yeah. Oh, well, that's kind of personal, but no, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm probably 175, 180. So, so yeah, uh, so I weigh a little bit. So. I guess what Still the skinnier tires like you're saying. It's not like you weigh well, 200. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I, I, man. The, and both both your sets of tires, one is lightly studded and one is more is more heavily studded, right? Yeah. So the the bigger one I have is yes, heavily heavily studded with the, uh, like, triple traction, they call it. Yep, I yeah, know. The, the, the three-pronged crown stud. Right. Yeah, Terrain's patented uh, stud, which work, works good. I'm still such a huge fan of that Rathlord tire, dude. 300 extra long, concaved, extra big studs. Yeah, I guess if you're talking full on ice, that's yeah. that would be the way to go. Yeah, it's interesting that you're like studded on both sets, and that even what I would consider your like super groomed or dirt fat bike racing set of wheels has are lightly studded it's probably yeah, a good so idea I, right so i just ended up taking off uh, i have these hodag which are 3.8 mm-hmm. sure so that, that's the smallest tire i run great dirt tire. Smallest, yeah. smallest legal tire but yeah so that's what i had on there when i showed up at uh, the kegel race which yeah i didn't really realize it was even snow so uh yeah, that's pretty much like my dirt. You guys get the weather down there, down there in Chicago. 
<laughs> you got the Weather Channel. You know, you gotta you gotta check it out, Jason. Uh, yeah, I should have listened to it. A or you can more, just but... talk to me because I'm, you know, it's part of being an old guy. I think is that right. you become a full student of the weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and usually I yeah usually I check that a little bit more. Uh, just I guess early in the season there it crept up on me. I'm like, oh boy, there's snow yeah, up it here. Was no, Mid November, so I mean, yeah, who who would right. think? But and they got yeah. they got pretty good snow there i we got snow too and we're, we're like i don't know 35 miles west of there but we didn't get like they they got four inches and we got maybe an inch so lucky yeah. right yeah it ended up working out pretty good well cool i appreciate you coming on and telling us your story from last race and uh, i look forward to uh, maybe well i'll get to uh, meet you there at the Trek World Headquarters on Saturday. Yeah, I'll be there on Saturday, and then Sunday I'm going down to uh, the trail yard. Uh, oh, nice! Yeah, South yeah. So the, the first round of uh, the first round of their series is on Sunday. Right. So. Yeah, that sounds like that. That trail yard sounds like such a cool place. We we need one of those somewhere close to where I live. So. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing good things there. Creekside trails are uh, the fun trail system, and then they got they got the bike shop right there, and then they just had opened the uh, the restaurant, right? Little and, coffee shop, uh, and then the brewery, like, but yeah, yeah, beer, right? Bakery, everybody, coffee, everybody likes that after the race, indeed. <laughs> All right, my dude. Well, good luck on on Saturday, and thanks for being on the show. All right, thank you for having me. No problem. Take care. Uh, yep, yeah, we'll see you. Bye. Right. That was Jason Kleptowski. He won the first race at the Huge Ass Series there at the Kegel Alpha Trails. And uh, we'll uh, see you people out there at the race on Saturday at Trek World Headquarters in Waterloo, Wisconsin. Uh, say hey. Give me a high five. And uh, thanks for listening to the show. We'll talk to you next time. Check us out on Instagram Check us out at fastbike.com. 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 Fastb